0: I think most of you w- would agree with me in saying that the greatest giver that has ever been and will ever be is God. And God gives supernatural gifts. He gives gifts that changes lives for the better. We, we don't even have to go to scripture and talk about lives he changed for the better, such as Daniel, the woman with the issue of blood, uh, Bartimaeus, and, and others. We can actually look around the sanctuary and see the gift of God in reference to how he changed So many of our lives. How many can just put your hand up and say, I am a product of God's gift. He changed my life for the better. He did for you what nobody else could do. Did for you what medicine couldn't do. Did for you what you used to be. Lord, I hate... Hate to say this, but I'm going to have to bring out your past a little bit. Addicted to. We were addicted to stuff that didn't make us better. It made us worse. When we started taking it, it was supposed to make us better, but it ended up making us worse. But God's gift is so powerful again, that it will change your life for the better. And when you understand that you will constantly seek God in order to receive from him that which can make you better or more productive in every aspect of your life, can't get a taste of the goodness of God and not desire more. Am I right? It causes you to hunger for what he has to offer. And when it comes to God's gifts, the reason they are so amazing or wonderful is according to what James said in James 1 and 17. He said, Every Good and every perfect gift is from God. So God's gifts, number one, being good, will benefit your life in every aspect. God's gift being perfect says first about his gifts is that his gifts are without error. You can't find fault in what God gives to you if you truly uh, receive and apply it according to his will. His gifts are good and perfect. And so when it comes to the text, Moses, the primary leader of the nation of Israel, desired God to do or to give him, as well as his people, two gifts. He wanted two things from God. The first thing that I want to deal with, according to Exodus 33 and 13, that he wanted is that he wanted God to give him grace. He wanted God's grace. And of course, grace, literally speaking, is just kindness, favor, mercy, and so forth. But to adequately define grace, I want to go to the scripture. I want to go to the book of Ephesians. The second chapter, Ephesians 2. And keep in mind, Moses asked God for grace. And uh, I believe there are a number of us, we likewise ask God for grace. But notice the power of grace, and you'll understand why Moses asked God for grace. Ephesians 2 and 8, for by grace you have been saved. But notice how it came through faith. He goes on to say, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Grace is a gift, a divine gift according to the text. But notice he starts off by revealing that grace saves. Grace saves. Grace can do tangible things. Grace can do something for you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and so forth. Grace saves. And we understand when it comes to salvation salvation is threefold salvation is god's deliverance god will bring you out of whatever you're wrapped up tied up or tangled up in Won't he do it yeah. salvation is god's protection will he protect you yeah. will he protect you from yourself yeah. and don't look as if you've never messed up yourself how many have you ever messed up yourself but god helped you out And finally, his salvation is his prosperity. God will bring you from the bottom to the top. God makes people that have been the tail all their life the head. And the reason he does such is because of him being a giver. I love how Jesus... Put it in reference to causing people to prosper. He said in John 10.10. A thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come. So you can have life. And have it more abundantly. Which equates. Prosperity. That's what he wants. And so grace is that which. Saves. But you have to. Receive God's grace by faith. It's a gift. You can't work for it. You have to receive it by faith. What does that mean? In one sense, you have to receive his grace according to his word. Why is that? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Romans 10 and 17. So I apply grace based upon the word of God. But taking it further, I have to walk by faith knowing that grace is going to give me the victory despite my circumstances. For victory is obtained through faith. 1 John 5 and 4 says the victory that overcomes the world is even our faith. So I have to walk in faith. I have to walk according to the word. And as I walk according to the word, God allows his kindness, his generosity to start manifesting in every aspect of my life. And I go from being a defeated person. Into a person of victory a person of success and and that's the reason uh, many of us we have testimonies of success it's because of his grace that that we obtain success we can talk about how it looked like it wasn't going to work out but then God it looked like the obstacle was going to stop us but then God God they said it wouldn't happen but then God the report was negative and said this that and the other but then God it's just an act of his grace it's just God manifesting his gift to show us that whatever he says it will come to pass how many know God is not a man that he should lie not the son of man that he should repent. When he says a thing, will he do it? Yes. God bags up his word. Yes. I said he bags up his word. Yes. But let's take it further in reference to, to grace. Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Moses asks for two gifts. The first that we're dealing with is grace. And so we just defined it according to Ephesians 2 and 8. Now we want to define it according to 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. This is what uh, God said to Paul, who was going through a tough time. And Paul had prayed, but, but Paul wasn't receiving what he desired to receive. And so this is what God dropped on him in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. Paul said, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough. Now that's profound. God's grace is enough. Now, Paul wanted a particular thing, but God said, look, that that ain't what you need. You think you need that, but that ain't what you need. You need my grace. My grace is enough. You want that, but my grace is enough. And sometimes we want God to do certain things, especially things we can see. But see, you have to remember this text that God will give you his grace. And when he tells you his grace is going to take care of it in your being should be okay. that's enough. That's enough, because if it was enough for Paul, it should be enough for us. If it was enough to bring you out of your mess. It should be enough to bring you out of whatever predicament you may be in right now. Shout at somebody, God's grace is sufficient. Shout at one more person, God's grace is enough. I don't need to add two. I don't need to take away. His grace is enough. His grace is enough. enough. But then the second thing that Moses asked for in Exodus 33 and 13 is to know God's way. He wanted knowledge or know-how in reference to God's way. And whenever you truly want to understand God's way or ways, It's important that you first of all consider what Isaiah said in Isaiah 55. Let's go there. Y'all say what? Isaiah 55. We'll start at verse 8. Ready? And this is what Isaiah said on God's behalf For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. Now he was talking to his children. And you would think that his children would understand what Isaiah prophesied. But sometimes uh, what we're thinking is completely different from what God is thinking. Sometimes we'd be looking for it to turn out one way, but it's totally opposite of how God is going to cause it to turn out. And so, Isaiah had to let them know that, hey, God, God's way is not as the ways of man. Christian man and sinner man. Because even as Christians, we are limit, limited when it comes to our thoughts. Because right. sometimes you'll be thinking, God going to do one thing. And, and you'll go ahead and start doing what you think God's going to do before acknowledging him. Only for God to say, hey, I know I did it that way the last time, but I'm going to do it this way this time. That's the reason it's important to acknowledge him in all your what? So he can direct you. So he can tell you exactly what to do. Because when it comes to God's ways and a person's ways, it's just distinct. Notice how distinct as we continue here in Isaiah 55, uh, verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so you have to know that that God may tell you something that you may not agree with from a human standpoint. You may wonder about when it comes to your human intellect. But don't wonder too long because God is always right. And even if you can't figure out how he's going to do it, he's still right. Well, what if I can't figure it out? That means God is letting you know you're still human. You're still limited. His ways are not as our ways. But let me show you something else. In the book of Psalm in reference to his ways, Let's go to Psalm 77. I'm hoping this verse is going to touch folks that Come to church every nine then. They say they really want God want to know God's way. Psalm 77 and 13. Notice what the Psalm is decreed. Your way, O oh God, is in the sanctuary. Lord, your way is in the sanctuary. Lord, you reveal knowledge in the sanctuary. Lord, what, what, what I'm perplexed about, you will give me understanding in your sanctuary. Why is that? In the sanctuary is where God uses his shepherd to feed his people With knowledge and understanding. According to Jeremiah 3 and 15. Like it or not. There are certain things that that you're only going to know about God in reference to his ways. That are only going to be in the sanctuary. I don't care. You can read the Bible from cover to cover. A hundred times a year. but, But if you really want to know certain things. You have to be in God's sanctuary. God himself ordained uh, for his church to be a place where his people receive. That's the reason in the book of Matthew 16 and 18, Jesus let his disciples no point blank that he was the founder and the builder of the church church in reference to the call out ones or the ecclesial members of the body, but as well as the place where we gather to worship and receive God's word. His way is found in the sanctuary. I'm going to tell you something. There are a number of us that we were praying and and. Asking God about certain things, and, and you came to church, and you got your answer. You got your answer when you came to church. Lord, what should I do? Should I do this, that, and that? Then you can't time you came to church, you be, it seemed like pastor was, was listening to me. I ain't that powerful. That ain't nobody but God. Is God omnipresent? He's everywhere. He listens. Is he omniscient? He knows everything. And he'll drop it on you. Why do you say he's going to feed his children with knowledge and understanding? He's he going to make sure that if I'm a bona fide pastor, that you're going to get some know-how in reference to what you're facing in life when you come here on Sunday. If I ain't bona fide, you're not going to get anything that's going to help your life. So So... You'll know if I'm bona fide or not. How many understand? But his way is in what? The sanctuary. We got to take it further. Let's go to Psalm 18. Moses wanted to know his his way. That's what he wanted. He wanted to know his, his way. And that's what we're dealing with right now. Notice the 30th verse in Psalm 18. The psalmist decreed, as for God, his way is perfect. It's flawless. It's flawless. Man, if God tells you to do something and you do it, it's going to happen. If God tells you give, and I'm going to make sure you get back more than what you put in. Keep giving. Show God you real when it comes to your giving. And watch how he causes your cup to run over. Watch him cause Luke 6 and 38 to manifest in your life. The good measure, the press down, the shaking together, and the running off. God's way is proven. It's too many of us in here to say God is not real, that God has touched our lives for the better. Every every one of us in here has a testimony of how real God is. If you're born again. If you're born again, you have a testimony of how God can cause the supernatural to happen. Of how God can work out what seems like can't be fixed. Everybody in here. You ought to put up your hand if I'm telling the truth and say he right about it. Look at the verse again. Psalm 18 and 30. As for God, his way is perfect. And he equates God's way with his word. The word of the Lord is proven. It's proven. I'm going to bless you, Walker. The revealed word. I'm blessed. Is proven. Jackson, go get. Such and such, you gonna have it today. And you don't heard Mr. Jackson's testimonies. He went when God told him, and guess what? It happened. And I, and I can pull up names of folk to where you know without question God told you something, you did it. It happened. His word is proven. His word is proven. Folks the wait, is Jesus that name, Jesus power? When you call on Jesus, did he save you? So the name of Jesus is real. And powerful. You have folks say, I don't know about that name. Jesus. Let me tell you something. I call on that name. You don't know how messed up I was, when, but when I called on that name, it changed my life for the battle. It did exactly what the uh, writer said in Acts 2. When he decreed, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Or is it Acts 4? But Acts 2 or 4, but when you call on the name of the Lord, you're going to be saved. You can't call on Jesus and not be changed for the better if you call on him out of a sincere heart. I never thought I would, I would be free from certain things that I, would, I was addicted to. How about you? God is real. His word has been proven. Amen? I got to show you one more scripture in reference to uh, God's way. Because it's important in reference to the text. Let's go to the book of uh, Proverbs 10. Let's go to Proverbs 10. Ready? Proverbs 10, 29. The way of the Lord is strength for who? Y'all get there. Some of y'all still turning. I don't want you to fake and act like you in Proverbs and you in... Numbers. So make sure you get there. I want you to see this. Ready, Proverbs 10 and 29. The way of the Lord is strength for who? That's us. The righteous. Just folk. Why is it strength for us? Because when, when it comes to the way of the Lord, that's what we seek. And Matthew 7 and 7 said if we seek it, we'll what? Find and so we receive strength from God's way. Breaking it down based upon what, what we have already heard. We receive strength from his word. We receive strength in his sanctuary. You can't come to church and, and you sincere and leave the same way you can. You're going to leave better every time you come to the house of God if you come Readily receiving the word of God and applying it to your life. You're going to leave better. No way you can come to church and and leave worse unless you didn't come right. Now if you came to socialize, somebody might make you mad and you leave worse. But that ain't that ain't God's fault. But if you come with a heart to receive everything God has to say and uh, the mindset to apply it to your life, you're going to leave better every time. And God going to feed you every time. Amen? Amen. And so again when it comes to Exodus 33 and 13. Moses wanted two things. Grace. And to know God's way. And God listened to him. And he replied. Moses, first thing I'm going to give you is my presence. My presence. And see, when it comes to the, to the presence of God, the presence of God is that which, which leads you. Presence of God will also speak to you. Oh, have you ever been at, at, at the table just eating your lima beans and oxtails? Oh, some of y'all eat oxtails, and lima beans is some of our favorites. I love lima beans. But you can be just sitting at the table and all of a sudden the presence of God will just speak to you. Will say something as simple as, you're going to receive a tangible blessing today. That's the presence of God. You you can be in, in the service and all of a sudden God will tell me to speak something that wasn't even part of the service or the message. And then God will just tell you, that's for you. I told him to say that for you. The presence of God will speak. It's just like now, I'm, I'm speaking under the direction of the Holy Spirit. So even though a short man is saying it, it ain't nothing but the presence of God. For God will speak to you out of his presence directly and indirectly. You can be on your way to the car and, and all of a sudden God will say, Before you get home. There's one stop I want you to make. Because I have something for you. You ain't planning on making a stop. but, But the presence of God will speak to you. But it's only for those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. It's only for those that recognize awesome and supernatural power of God. See you got crazy folks that that have the audacity to say God has stopped speaking. He no longer speaks the way he used to speak. If that's the case that means God is no longer present. But he is present. Man every time I pray I feel the presence of God you hear me I said I feel it and I know folk will say quick it ain't about the feeling but sometimes it is because sometimes when you feel the presence of God it lets you know that God is with you you going through trials and tribulation you go in that prayer closet you get the calling on the name of jesus and all of the sudden that shekinah glory begins to saturate that little three by five room and you say oh god thank you i feel your presence." that makes a difference am i talking right i have felt the presence of god going up our 20 I'm just telling you the truth. I said I have felt the presence of God going up I-20. Talking to him on my way to a meeting. And he'll come in the car. He came in the car one time to where I had to pull over because the tongs just began to flow. I had to pull over and let God have his way. Folk were coming by looking up with a with a man held his hands up, eyes closed, and mouth moving. I had to let the Lord have his way. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Shout at somebody there is nothing like the presence of God. God will get on you from your crown to the sole of your feet. God will You, when everything that can go wrong is taking place, and tell you in the midnight hour it's going to be okay, it's going to be well. I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. I allowed it to happen, but I didn't allow it to happen for your destruction. I'm gonna bring you out and see. God let Moses know here in the text, I'm gonna give you my presence. And it's going to go with you. He was letting Moses know that, that it's going to be your protection. Because Moses was going to face some enemies in the wilderness. And when he got on the border of the promised, promised land, he also knew that there were enemies in the place that God had promised them they were going to possess but the Lord let him know I'm going to send my presence with you and my presence is going to protect you my presence is going to cause the supernatural to happen when you can't cause certain things to happen by natural means they didn't have no food out there but then the presence of God showed up and caused something to come down from heaven that had never taken place before God sent manna from heaven sent something for his children to eat wasn't no grocery store wasn't no food depot publics and so forth but God said you ain't got to worry you ain't got to worry cause it ain't no market out here I'm just gonna allow my presence that I told you was gonna go before you to just send down some manna and then they say Lord we like this bread but it sure would be nice if we could have some meat and the Lord turned around And cause quail to start falling down But it was because the presence of God Was with the people of God And let me tell you something If God's presence is with you You don't have to worry about what you do Or don't have Because God's presence will cause you to receive Everything you need plus Say to your neighbor, as long as the presence of God is with you, every one of your needs will be supplied. I don't care if you just lost your job, if you trust in the presence of God, God's presence will make sure that everything in your life is taken care of. But the question is, do you believe that? It's going to go with you, Moses. And Moses, I'm going to give you some signs to let you know that my presence is with you. In the daytime, you're going to always see a pillar of cloud. And when night comes, you're going to see a pillar of fire. And that's going to let you know that my presence is with him. He made sure that Moses was going to have a sign that the presence of God was with him 24-7. When it came to the New Testament, it wasn't him giving us a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire. It was him giving us the Spirit. Of truth. Paul well Jesus said to his disciples it is imperative necessary essential that I go because if I don't go he the Spirit of truth will not come. Why does he need to come Jesus because when he has come he' gonna show you some things. And he is going to guide you into all truth. He's going to be with you. Holy Spirit is with us the same way the presence of God was with Moses and the children of Israel. Anytime you you wonder about something, you you don't have to be afraid because God's presence is in every spirit-filled child of God. That's the reason sometime when when I get to preaching and and, and so forth and, and God says a particular thing, you will feel the spirit of God moving on the inside of you. Jeremiah so understood and recognized the presence of God to where he said it's just like fire shoved up in my bones. It, it, it's something that, that causes you not to be able to hold your peace. It's something that will cause you to get happy when everything that can go wrong is taking place. Oh, how many still know that God's presence is real because you have residing on the inside of you the spirit of truth. And even when the preacher ain't around, the spirit of truth won't he talk to you? Won't he show you which direction to go? Won't he talk to you in the midnight hour? Won't he let you know whether to believe or not believe something or somebody? And in my clothes... I'm not only going to allow my presence to go with you I'm going to give you some rest I'm going to give you some rest I'm going to give you freedom I'm going to give you some comfort and he wasn't just talking to Mo- Moses, but he was talking to folk that had been in bondage for years. And see, see, God, that's the reason I say when you, when you consider to God to do exceeding abundantly above what you ask. He did more than what Moses said. I'm going to give them some rest. My presence is going to be before you. It's going to protect you. And you're going to be able to rest. You're going to be able to rest. And I'm going to tell you something. It is nothing like resting or being at peace in God's presence. Nothing like it. Paul said the peace of God. The rest of God surpasses, get this, all understanding. God can give you comfort that you can't describe in the manner that you need to describe it. It It's so wonderful. God can do certain things for you that, that when you tell folk, they look at you as if you're telling a lie. Because it's so profound. I I, I said, you know what? God done blessed me with such and such, such and such. And they'd be looking at me like, how he get that? They they just can't accept that God did it. They want some tangible reasons as to why I ended up with this, that, and the other. But when you understand God and, and receive that God is going to give you rest... In God's rest is when we receive some of our greatest miracles. But it's important to understand that, that there is a particular way to receive God's rest. I'm going to deal with that and then I'm done. Go with me to um, the book of Matthew. book of Matthew. I want to go to the 11th chapter of Matthew. And we're still dealing with what God replied to Moses asking for grace and to know his way. He first told him told Moses he was going to give him his presence, and then he was going to give him rest. But consider what Jesus, or the word said in reference to rest. Here in Matthew 11, we'll start at verse 28. Jesus said, come to me. Who? All of you. Who labor and a heavy laden. Why do you want us to come, Jesus? I got a gift for you. What kind of gift? I will give you what? Rest. I'm going to give you some rest. But this is how he tells them to receive his rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now understand this. Understand this. A yoke Or the root meaning of yoke is to connect. So Jesus was saying to them, connect with me. If you're going to truly take the yoke of the Lord upon you and receive his rest. You have to connect with him. There's no way you can receive God's peace. Peace. If you're not connected with him. No way he can give you his prosperity. His blessings. If you're not connected with him. Take my yoke. Now he going to give rest. But but in order for us to get his rest. We got to take his yoke. Connect with me. Connect with me. It's the same way. Uh. Years ago, and I I don't even know if folks still use mules anymore, but some of us remember when when they used to plow the field, that they used to put an old yoke on the mule and and attach something to the yoke, and and it would be connected to the one plowing the field, and you would see the connection between the mule and the person. And and where where the mule went when you said G. G meant go. And then then you tell the mule when when he got to go and you want the mule to stop. Hold mule. Young folks looking like. But the yoke connected the mule. And the one that was plowing the field. And see, that's what Jesus is telling them. Look, you need to connect with me and learn about me. You need to learn about me and and quit listening to what folk are saying because folks are talking about me and you will think I'm this way or that way. That's why you need to learn learn for yourself. Folk are talk about your preacher they say all your preacher wants is money Well how come if he wanted He don't ever ask me for any of it I've been there such and such years He ain't never asked me for none See that's where you have to learn certain things Yourself You think God will do that for you? When folk ask you certain questions like that, that means that they are unlearned. We have to learn about our God to the point to where we know what he will and will not do. Take my yoke on you. Learn of me. Let me go on. I got to close this. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am... Notice what he says is, gentle and lowly in heart. See, see, that's the reason uh, the proverb writer said this right here. He said, the way of a transgress is hard. See, Jesus w- was letting them know, look, my truth, what I'm going to learn you is easy. And, and it is, because, especially when you consider things that he tells us to do, like in Matthew 6 and 33. Look, all I want you to do is seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, and, and these things that you're you, you overly concerned about, what you're going to eat, drink, and so forth, that's going to happen. I mean, he make it seem so simple to the point to where we question whether it will work or not the only thing the Lord asks is that we put it into action and we just wait for the manifestation. And often the people of God have, have problems with learning about Jesus and being patient until he manifests the promise. And that's the reason the Hebrew writer knowing that people in his day and time was getting impatient. He said to them in Hebrews 10 and 35 and following, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And then he got happy by telling them, for he that shall come will come and will not Tarry. And then he reminded them, but the just shall live by faith. In other words, keep listening to the word until he manifests it. Keep putting the word into action until he manifests it. Because if God said it, he'll do it, he'll bring that thing to pass. And so Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you, connect with me so you can learn about me. Don't criticize what you really don't understand. Don't criticize what you really don't know in detail. Learn about me. Folk ask me often, you one of them prosperity preachers. I say, Yeah, I believe God will prosper you in every aspect of your life. I believe God, according to the word, will cause you to come from being the tail to being the head. I believe God will bless you in the city and He will bless you in the country. I believe, according to Deuteronomy 28 and 2, that the blessings of the Lord will overtake you. I believe that God would cause people to see because you you are a giver of his tithes and offerings that you are blessed. Yes, I believe in the prosperity of God. Further, I believe in the prosperity of God because of Third John 2, the wish of God. When John decreed, Beloved, I wish what? Above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. But you got to learn about it. Don't criticize it until you learn about it. Don't criticize it until you really understand God's wish, desire, or purpose for your life. Let me close. He goes on to say this right here. In the 30th verse. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, see, a burden means a load, something challenging. See, being a Christian does not mean that, that everything is going to be easy. You're going to be challenged. But notice how he describes the burden of the challenges. They're light. Why are they light? Because the Lord will never allow you to go through no more than you can handle. No more. And thanks of God, we need to understand what Moses asked God to do and God did it as well as more. The same applies to us. That's reading the Holy Spirit led me to this text. I'm making my business. Lord, I don't want to say nothing or go to no scripture. Unless you tell me. Because if you tell me, that means somebody going to receive. How many receive? I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Come on, let's honor him with a bigger hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.placeofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundant.